Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Poppin' Off. About pop culture, I'm your host Maggie. And it's me, Steven. And we are coming off the heels of the Vanderpump Rules season 10 finale. Now we all know Steven doesn't watch it. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Get into it, please. Because when I say this was the best hour of reality TV I've ever seen, I mean that. And I've seen a lot of reality TV in my day, but this truly was the best hour of reality TV. It was so raw and real and intense. And just like we were, it, it just, I, I felt like I was like literally sitting at each of, like in each of their living rooms, each of their kitchen tables. Like I just felt like I was in it with them. And I've never really felt like that before when I'm when I've been watching TV. I just got like this. I, I don't know. It, I, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but truly, truly the best hour of reality TV I've ever seen in my life. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went. <laughs> I knew it happened last night, the, the finale. So like I was totally prepared that we were going to talk about it, although I not like physically prepared because I don't know what happened <laughs> but I just know like it was like the scandal was finally like revealed to everyone right yes so camp so news broke on March 1st 2nd and cameras were picked back up on March 3rd so the day all this shit went down they were there cameras were up and rolling um yeah i'm not gonna like break it down or anything because we will be here for hours right right but just a few just a few little quick comments i like to make um the opening scene with tom and ariana and ariana oh my god i can't say your name what the fuck um (laughs) having a con like a post scandal conversation riveting ariana being like i when you (laughs) Back like 10 plus years ago when you wore skinny jeans and combat boots, you didn't have a dime to your name. You drove a 1997 a 1997 Honda Civic. I loved you then. And just because you got a little bit of fame, a little bit of money, a little band, you think you're like so big and bad and you this little girl's enamored with you and she strokes your ego and she praises you and tells you all these good things about you and that's what you're chasing. But she, she's like, I would have followed you anywhere. I'd have, I would have changed the things that you didn't like about me. I would have done anything for you. And you fucked that up. And I hope you feel that deep in your soul. Yikes. Chills. Chills. Yeah, it's hard because it just like, I, I just feel so bad for Ariana because she ends up like looking stupid with all the like. Because she just, like, trusted Raquel so much. And she's like, I love this man so much. When he's repeatedly such an asshole. So it's like, he doesn't, he's not going to care. Like, yeah, he's going to be embarrassed because he's publicly shamed. Mm -hmm. But, like, that line from her, like, he probably does not care. Right. No. I, so here's the thing, too. Uh, Another thing I wanted to touch on was we did get a scene with Tom and Raquel in Raquel's apartment. It was so fucking cringy and so weird. Because they kept wanting to kiss, but they were like, there's cameras. We can't. We can't. 
but they were just like cuddling each other and like hugging and just like rubbing up against each other. It was weird. But the thing Yeah. I will say is that so Tom did kind of go on like an apology tour throughout this whole episode. And I will say that he at least looked like he was showing remorse. He was crying. He was saying he he's sorry. He was like humbling himself. And Raquel was just kind of like, oopsie daisy, live and you learn. She literally said, you live and you learn. That is just like the lack of guilt and regret is terrifying. Terrifying. Right. Like just to not even feel anything and just to kind of like laugh it off and like roll your eyes and then have the audacity to turn off your phone and not speak to anyone for weeks and then the next time we see you is in front of a nail salon at, and TMZ's interviewing you and that's because you called them there to do that little like oh hey we found Raquel let's go up and talk to her no bitch that was planned it was it was highly obvious it was but I so I have always said That Nate from Euphoria is the scariest villain, like, ever. Because Right. everything he's ever done can happen in real life. And I am comparing Raquel to that. She's, like, the scariest person I've ever seen on TV. And we've seen, like, I have witnessed some villains on reality TV who have done some, like, I witnessed someone faking cancer on Real Housewives of Orange County. But this girl, I think, is more terrifying than that. Truly. That's bold. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, and I mean that. I mean that. I just, not even being like, I, or like, she couldn't even say something like, I, I mean, because at least Tom was like, I didn't want to hurt you, Ariana, which like, it doesn't really make any sense at the end of the day. But like, he was saying like, I'm sorry, like, it, it never meant for it to happen this way. And, like, it is bullshit. And, but, like, there is something to be said about being regretful and being remorseful. It's it's hard because like is he? I genuinely think that he has at least a little sense of remorse in him. Okay. Raquel, I mean cuz I don't. cuz like I just I just feel like from what I've seen of this show like Tom has this in him to do it again, like the same situation over again. Yeah. And that's why it makes me feel like Is it worse to pretend like I'm sure he has a little bit of remorse because like he did love Ariana to some extent. But like, is it worse to be pretending and crying for the cameras or is it worse to be like Raquel where you're like, I don't fucking care. I don't know. Like, is it worse to be fake or worse to own up to it being a bitch? And I mean, yeah, you have a point. <laughs> but I, I do think that there is at least some part of Tom that does feel bad. I don't think it's all of him, but I do think that there's a little piece of him that does regret the decision that he made and to continue to make that decision. Where Raquel, I think, just is so wrapped up in the fact that this person that she thinks that this person loves her but and she couldn't see 
past that. I don't right. know. I just know that what I saw was really scary. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the last thing I want to touch on is I feel like not enough people are talking about Sheena in this situation and just how much hurt that she's also going through. Obviously, our main focus is Ariana and how she's feeling in her emotions. But Sheena defended Raquel to the death. She let Raquel live with her for a while when, when she broke up with James. She really took Raquel under her wing and was willing to go to bat for her at any given moment. And Raquel did some disgusting things to her too. And for Raquel to take, I mean, like during that time when they were living together, for Raquel to take their altercation to a legal level is really gross because at the end of the day, Sheena just shoved her. Sheena shoved her really hard, I'm sure. But it was just, it wasn't to like, like physically assault her. It was just, it, it at least the way it was described, it was just like, get away from me, get away from me. You're disgusting right. kind of a thing. Right. And then yeah. for Raquel to take it to such a dark place. I mean, yeah, it, it that's, I can't imagine how Sheena is feeling. And then Tom Sandoval, who she who she knew before Ariana and had been friends with him for 15 years, I think she said, to not have that friendship anymore is also really heartbreaking. We witnessed a friend, like they had their own conversation at one point in the show. And she was just like, she was just like, I mean, because of the situation, I can't be friends with you anymore. And that really breaks my heart and just know that I'll miss you. And that's really fucking sad. She had to break, do two friendship breakups at once with yeah. people that she loved dearly. Yeah. I just feel like people aren't talking about that enough. And I just feel really, really terrible for her. Well, yeah, you are right. I don't see anything about her. <laughs> yeah. It's because... like, she's not the main situation, but right. you're right. Like she did have two breakups herself. Yeah. With someone that she said that she was like, I was like a mother and a sister to this person. Like, I really took her under my wing. Right. It's just. And then for her to do that and then drop the restraining order is so fucking it just. Like, it, I don't know. I, I don't really have the words, but all I know is that I feel really terrible for Sheena. I feel really terrible for everyone besides Tom and Raquel and Tom Schwartz as well because that guy is also a scumbag for hiding the secret as well. But Ariana was on Watch What Happens Live by herself after the episode. She looked absolutely stunning, gorgeous, icon, legendary. <laughs> she ro was rocking. She called her outfit Slutty Funeral. I loved it. <laughs> I li <laughs> lived for it. She Really? I mean, not that, you know, Watch What Happens Live for the most part is like a, it's an upbeat, happy show. Right. And then, you know, we're going to get the reunion next week. So they weren't going to get in, into anything too heavy. But she was being honest and being like, yeah, I do get sad sometimes about it. Like she said that she's on TikTok a lot. So she sees a lot of like, like montages of like her and Tom and stuff. And she's like, yeah, that stuff does make me really sad. But at the end of the day, I have to remember that the person that I miss from time to time probably wasn't real. And that's, she said that's helping her cope. So good. 
because I I don't think anyone I don't know if anyone feels this way but ever since this happened Ariana has gotten like brand deals endorsements she went to the White House Correspondence Center she was on the Today Show this morning she's like living her life making money hanging out with her friends making out with hot people at Coachella but I'm like once all this dies down when she like comes off of that pink cloud like is it all gonna hit her and like is that like what we're gonna get next season is her just like really dealing with the emotions and the aftermath or is it always gonna be like this is is she always just gonna like keep moving forward I don't know it's hard to say yeah because right I don't now know. she has like a <laughs> lot of distractions around her she has all of her friends she has all these different deals and advertisements that she's doing and endorsements right. and commercials it's like so many things happening at once that like yeah. I don't know if she like really has the time to sit down and like really think about holy shit this happened to me and it was crazy and fucked up and I, I don't know I don't know what to do now <laughs> I don't have something to distract me constantly so I yeah we'll I just can't imagine like going through that on TV <laughs> yeah yes I, I I don't know. There's like the humiliation and embarrassment and just like the cringiness of it. Yeah. Knowing that you were defending two of the most devious people on TV relentlessly throughout an entire season. Only for this to happen to you. Yeah, I would like crawl into a hole and you would never hear from me again. Yeah. But she's out there <laughs> doing her thing, so... Kudos, Ariana. For real. <laughs> I'm wearing my sweatshirt from the Team Ariana website right now. <laughs> Actually, I love very that. comfortable. I do wear it a lot. Those are my thoughts, my opinions. If anyone has anything they'd like to share, please comment. Send me it. Send us a <laughs> message on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's talk about a little experience me and Stephen had over the weekend. So. Back it up about a month ago, um, Kesha tweeted that she was having these listening parties in different cities around the country, and you could enter to be a part of it. So me and Stephen were like, just for shits and giggles, let's enter for the Chicago one. So yep. we did. And I kind of forgot that we did that. Until last Thursday. When I was in Target, and I was scrolling through my email looking for something, and I saw something that said, you're invited to Kesha's listening party. And I audibly gasped in the middle of Target. And I was like, Steven, this is it. This is our chance. We're going. We're going to meet Kesha. We're going to listen to this album. It's going to be great. We're going. And, you know, Steven did give me a hard time. He was like, but it's Mother's Day. And I was like, I don't care. Your mom has three other kids and a grandkid. She'll get over it. Listen, I just need to, like, <laughs> mentally handle it. Like, there was no way I wasn't going to go. But <laughs> I did feel a little guilty still. Okay. Uh, understandable. But <laughs> <laughs> there was no way I wasn't gonna go. Like I can't miss yes. this. But I don't know. I went through like a second. It was like literally five minutes of me like, uh, and then I was like, okay, what am I doing? I have to go. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, it was like two texts. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I just at first I was like, is he really second guessing this? But then we got over it and we went. Um. <laughs> but yeah, and then I but you know I didn't get like the confirmation like the actual confirmation email with like. The exact time and location until six o'clock on Saturday evening. Oh my God. I was, I had like a pit in my stomach all Friday. 
I was like, we're just like not going to get the email. We're not getting it. This was stupid. We're not going. I want to cry, but I can't. But have no fear. We got that email and it was off to Chicago. We went on Sunday. It was at this very bougie hotel in Chicago called Soho House Chicago. Uh, by the way, the staff there, you fucking rock. Whoever, girly, the bartender at Soho House Chicago, if you're listening to this, Thank you so much for the free drinks. Literally, I love you. I want to give you a kiss on the lips. Please. She really hooked us up. She could just like sense our excitement. She told us a very strange but interesting fact about Marie Antoinette and like how glasses are shaped after her <laughs> silhouette. It was amazing. And I was here for it. I was like, I did not ask, but okay. <laughs> yes, I was. I did. I didn't know that. It was very interesting. But she could just like really sense our excitement and she gave us our drinks for free. And I love that. So thank you, mystery bartender from Soho House Chicago. <laughs> yes. And the lady at the front desk. Oh, my God. Cutest yes. woman. She was so excited for us. Yes. She. Yeah. Like as soon as we came, like at the end of it, when we came back down the, eleva the elevator, she was like, how was it? And I was like, uh, 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 speechless. And she was like, oh, my God. like, just so excited for us. Loved it. Um. But, you know, back to the actual listening party. <laughs> um, so we we get upstairs and it's like it's we're we're in this like cinema, like a very small cinema. There's like maybe 30 people in attendance total. And there's like meditation music playing. It's all candlelit. And then there's this woman sitting in front of a sitting in front of a projector. And she has, like, different, like, bowls and things around her, as, you know, to, like, do a sound bath. So I'm like, okay, it's just weird, but cool. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So eventually we all do this, like, meditation together. She does do a sound bath. And then after about five, ten minutes of that, the album just starts. It just starts playing. <laughs> and it's like on the projector and it's it's the title of each song and then like the lyrics are scrolling and we're all listening we're all taking it in um by the way guys this is like not an album to put on like at a pregame this is like not something you want to put on like at your birthday party unless like the plan is to cry and reveal your diva's darkest secrets to everyone there <laughs> right yeah, it's not not a feel good album. That's for sure. Yes, the only song that is like a jam is the single that she just released from it yesterday called "Only Love Can Save Us Now." That was my or that is my favorite song in the album. It's so good. It's but that is like the only song that you can like kind of shake your ass to. Right. Everything else is just very like angry and sad and frustrating. And she's like, there's like background vocals of a lot of the songs where she's just like screaming the lyrics, like fine line. It's like, you can like barely hear it, but she is like screaming along to the lyrics. Um, It's really just an album about like self-loathing and like being frustrated with the world and yourself and not knowing where your place is and like where to go from here like how to make yourself happy so yeah it's very like some of the songs are very stream of consciousness mm -hmm. um a lot of it is just really like 
mind to paper like whatever she was thinking in that moment she just like put down and it's like the lyrics are like kind of messy they don't they're not catchy but they're but I don't mean that in like a bad way (laughs) like it's very it's just um it's just so different than her other stuff it's just very personal like all of her innermost thoughts and feelings like she's just like I'm gonna write it down I can't remember what song she said it was, but she said that she literally wrote it in the middle of a panic attack. Oh, um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember which song it was. I th- I think, like, once I hear the album, I'll remember. But, yeah, like you said, it was just, like, literally, like, anything she was feeling, she wrote it down. And she she did say that she was having a panic attack, and she was like, okay, I'm just going to try something different and just, like, write a song in the middle of this and i can't remember what song it was but once i remember it right i'll let you know yes and i she said that she just she just had to make this album because she's not that she was tired of it but she's like i've just put on this like this idea that i'm happy all the time like i'm just here to party and have a good time Mm -hmm. like with all of her other music and she said well that's like a big part of like what i like to do the other half of my life like I don't feel like that I'm going through hard things I'm talking to my therapist I'm like having a panic attack I'm feeling stress I'm not happy with what's going on and she's like I just felt like it was not real of me to only give one side of myself and she said that like gag order is like literal and figurative because obviously like all of the court proceedings she has around her literal Mm -hmm. sense and then like a metaphorical sense she said that she's been putting like a self-imposed gag order on herself with her other music like she's hasn't been talking about this part of her life and she needed to and she's just like so proud of this album and i can see why it's like it's really good (laughs) It, it is really good it doesn't sound like any of her other music it does have a lot of like religious undertones um both lyrically and sonically which i think is interesting because she said that she's not a religious person but i mean hey you know if you feel like you got to turn to a higher power somewhere <laughs> and, right um but um after the album was done playing um the woman that was doing the meditation with us came back out and she was like she's like let's just take some deep breaths to like solidify this experience and just like take it all in so we're all doing three deep breaths okay one two and like my eyes are closed i were your eyes closed yeah okay so my eyes are closed and then like i just we just hear like a different voice and like open my eyes a little bit and i did choke i went like (laughs) and steven said he heard me so (laughs) great (laughs) but i opened my eyes to like this different voice i was talking and it was kesha in the flesh standing but a mere five feet from us because me and Steven are front and center we made (laughs) sure we were front and center (laughs) and she's just like hey guys like what's going on like and like so casually like she's not like this global superstar (laughs) like shut shut up (laughs) and I am trying like not to just like turn into a puddle of tears like I'm already tearing up like I just I have like the biggest smile on my face Uh I just like cannot believe that this woman is standing in front of us right now yeah and she was just so like 
humble and vulnerable and just like it really was like talking to an old friend right truly like just the way that she was like interacting with everyone it was just so like casual and like like you said like not she not like she's some big global superstar you know you know who's had like all these number one hits and albums and it's like this person that like we've admired for so long like it's just like hey girl what's going on Pretty much. That's literally how it felt. <laughs> she did do like a little Q&A with us as well, just like about her and then the album. And I I, I did muster up the courage <laughs> to ask a question. My heart was fucking beating out of my chest. I really was like, I hope no one can see how fast my heart <laughs> is racing right now because that's what it felt like. Yeah. And so I, I, was, I was like, first of all, I cannot believe you're standing in front of me. This is crazy. I remember being 10 years old in Girl Scouts and my troop leaders used to tell us that we can't sing brushing our teeth with a bottle of Jack. We have to sing with a bottle of syrup. And she kind of like looked at me like, how old are you? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, that's definitely like the look she gave. Like she, she like kind of like, she like smirked and she was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I asked her, I, I was like, was there, a turning point for you where you decided that you like were that like you had all this anger and frustration and sadness inside of you like having to do with your situation I mean you know I wasn't gonna be like does Dr. Luke make you really angry I mean yeah let's not you know be so blatant like blunt like that but oh, I was no. just like <laughs> like with your situation just like everything else you've been through in your life because with Rainbow it's such like like a peaceful happy album where you just kind of like were ready to put things behind you and move forward and you were like at peace with it and um she was just like well i mean she said the pandemic had something to do with it because she had like a lot of time to think <laughs> and just like be by herself and like really process her emotions and like what's been going on with her and the world and you know all that jazz but the thing that stuck out to me the most about what, when she was answering my question was that she was like, she's like, listen, I'm not a religious person, but there was a time where I really felt like a higher power came down or did something and like held me and like told me that this is what I needed to do in order to heal. Like I needed to make this album in order to heal, which I thought was quite something <laughs> that is the most kesha answer <laughs> it truly is it truly is but i mean i will i mean i i believe it based on like all the writing and the lyrics and things that went in right. this album yeah so yeah um and then we all did a group picture and she is cuddling me in the picture um, I don't have it yet. It does need to be emailed to me because we could not have our phones out, but there was like an official photographer there. And she like is cuddling me in the picture. Like, yes, truly. I was like, what the fuck? Kesha's arms are like around me. <laughs> and then um, as she was so like, we did, we weren't able to do like individual pictures or anything with her, but like, because we were front and center, you know, there was kind of, like, a group of people, like, hanging around and, like, wanting to talk to her before she had to get, like, scooted out of the room. And um, so I, like, did get to give her, like, a really big hug. 
And I was like, I was just like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like, I love you so much. You mean so much to me. She was, and she was like rubbing my back. She was like, it's okay. Just, just let it out. And I was like, God, I cannot let it out right now. Like, I can't just be like a sobbing no. mess on your shoulder. <laughs> You're wearing like this white silk dress. You will have mascara stains all over it. Like, I can't <laughs> do that. So just to like, it was like a long, like, such as like a genuine hug. I don't think I've ever felt that safe in my life. <laughs> and then she was like looking at me while she was hugging you. And I was like about to start tearing up. And then she like came over and gave me a hug after because she just knew. <laughs> <laughs> She, and, she was like hugging you for a long time and we, me and her were like making like prolonged eye contact <laughs> <laughs> um i just like didn't want to let go um blame you but um we did tell her that we talk about her a lot on this podcast which obviously we do and she was like oh my god what is it i'll listen so we told her Kesha, if you're listening to this, tune out. Get out. I don't want. I I regret it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want you to listen to this. I don't want you. I wish that I never told you the name. I don't want it. So if you're listening, shut it off. Unsubscribe. Just forget it. Forget it. And then Stephen, tell and tell everyone what you said to her before that was like like literally right before she exited the room. I like gave her my hug, and I was like, and she was like about to walk away, and I was like. I gotta say this quick. <laughs> uh, it's like, I was like, Kesha, my name's Steven, but I will call you. And you know what? The room thought it was very funny. Kesha like chuckled and she was like, not a Steven. And then she walked <laughs> out. And that was like the last thing she said before she like That left. was literally the last thing she said before she left. Yeah. Uh, but I just truly, had to. <laughs> you did. You had one shot and you took it. <laughs> But truly, like, such an amazing experience, such a positive experience. I will never forget it. And no. we, like, truly, truly manifested meeting Kesha. So, Kesha, actually, like, you are still tuned in. Thank you so much. We love you. And um, yeah. we will be streaming on repeat gag order as well as the rest of the world should be. Yeah. I am working tonight. So, like, as soon as it hits midnight, my patience... Hopefully they don't need anything because I'm popping my AirPods in. <laughs> Hopefully they're good for the next like hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. let's get into some pop culture news. Um, speaking of new albums, the Joe Bros, they released their album, the yes. album. Um, it's good. It's good. Was it gonna <laughs> be my good. favorite album of the year? No. I knew no. that going into this. I said I give it a 7 out of 10, which I think is a fair rating. It's passing. I don't yeah, hate I it. I think me but and Maggie like it. were 100% on the same page with it. Yeah, 7 out of 10. It's good. Yes. I will say though, Walls I think is one of their best songs. It oh, it grabs you. It grabs a hold of you. That gospel choir yeah. The lyrics, that intense drum. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. I can't wait to hear it live. That's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be really good live. I just know it. I'm very excited for that one. I, I, yeah, I feel like about it. even though I don't dislike many of the songs, I feel like it's just like a forgettable album. It is. Like these I, singles aren't going to like live on. You know what I mean? Right. 
or not the singles, like the the songs, I guess. Like, I don't really think live so. on as much. You know what I mean? Like, and once they release their next album, like nobody's gonna be like, oh my god, I can't wait to hear Wings. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like no, no one's yes. And, I will want to hear true. Waffle House though because the vocals so good. Oh the my song, god, kind of shit. Even though I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like so bad. It's good, you know. Also, <laughs> so I, last episode we were talking about listening to the album. Now we hadn't done it quite yet, and I said I'm gonna listen to it when I get ready tonight, and that's exactly what I did. And I was in the middle of doing my makeup, and "Summer in the Hamptons" came on, and the lyrics are. It just keeps like repeating all for a lot of the songs, "Sex like summer in the Hamptons," and I was in the middle of doing a little eyeshadow, you know, little application, and I was like, "Wait, did they just say what I think they said? They said sex." On like, repeat. Like, yeah, on repeat. Like me being shocked that they're all fathers, they're all married. Like me being shocked that they're talking about sex. Like I can't be the only one though. I can't no, be the only no. one. I did the same thing. I was I like I was driving along, listen to it, and I I like, what did they just say? They said SPX. <laughs> <laughs> like they're allowed to, but like still are they allowed to <laughs> well apparently they can't say shit they don't say in the waffle house yeah they like it like shh. Yeah. yeah yeah they do like the, the super little shh thing <laughs> just say it say fuck say motherfucker literally jonah's brother say motherfucker challenge <laughs> please <laughs> please <laughs> some other of my favorites from that album are miracle the opener <sighs> and the and the last song are yes. the best they chose the perfect songs for an opener and a closer. Mm-hmm. Like it really encapsulate encapsulates the album. They should have called the album something like summery because summer is like in all of the songs. Yeah, so there's the know. summer in the Hamptons and summer baby. And then there's yeah, also just and like vacation a lot of, eyes. Like yeah. it's all about like summery. Yeah, it came out happy, in summer. Like, like summer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The album stupid. <laughs> I hate it. I will never get over it. Oh, God. I will yeah. never get over it. Yeah. And then I'm watching Survivor yesterday, and they keep having commercials for Big Brother, and Celebrate is playing in it. I was like, okay. That's get behind this. One. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only one I'm like, don't, I don't, the only ones I'm not like really on board with our americana in montana sky i just montana sky is the worst because it literally makes no sense <laughs> neither does americana i don't like songs that are like proud like about being proud to be an american <laughs> that's what americana is kind of it's just like it, it's just like old school american like vibes i don't really get it yeah like I don't know. I like the sound of it, but the lyrics are really stupid. Yeah, I agree. It's like Americana, blue jeans, marijuana. Like what? <sighs> okay, right. Lana Del Rey. Yeah, literally. <laughs> 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 I will say though, too, they said that a really big influence for this album was the Bee Gees, and they were spot on with that. It has just oh, the right sure. amount of like inspiration and in, without it being like a copycat. Like especially vocally, because the Bee Gees were always singing like in a really high register. There's a lot of songs where they sing in high registers. 
Yeah, and like the repeat, the repeating after a line, like in unison. I don't know Yes. how to explain that in musical terms, but <laughs> it's very Bee Gees esque. <laughs> so, yes, I agree. So, like, how deep is your love? Where they're like, you know, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, seven out of ten. Also, Jonas Brothers. Why the fuck were your tickets so expensive? I don't know if we did we talk about that last week. I'm still not over it. I don't Uh, I know. don't remember, but if we did, if we did, we could say it again because If it was we did, obnoxious. I'm still We should get a veteran's discount. I've been seeing you since your like first tours. oh well I haven't, but I've been around <laughs> since I was like eight years old, okay? Just did not get the opportunity to see you until I was like fourteen. yeah, listen, I didn't see their first tour. I saw their like second, I think. With Demi Lovato. Yeah. That's Yeah, history. because I knew they were at the Fox before I saw them at DTE, so. I don't Well, know. I was on their second Detroit trip, okay? Well, we're going to get to hear all the deep cuts <laughs> live this summer. So yes, that's what I cannot I'm excited wait. for. I cannot wait. Me neither. All right. Um, let's get into Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford and their breakup. So if y'all don't remember, Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford started dating I think they they were only together like what seven eight months something like that less than a year. When they got together, it was like the relationship that was like just just above just above creepy and shouldn't be happening, you know, For sure. for like legal reasons. Um, it still was very weird because Jesse Rutherford is thirty one and Billie Eilish is twenty twenty one, She's something 21. like that. And Billie Eilish is definitely someone who has admittedly been, like, like a fangirl from, of, of, like, all these people that, like, we all have, like, we've grown up with, like, Lana Del Rey, Right. The Neighborhood, One Direction, the 1975, like, all those types of people, they were, it was all, like, a fan culture in one, especially if you were on Tumblr, like, the girls that get it, get it, get it the girls that don't, don't. I don't have time to get into that right now. Um, and I think that she said that the neighborhood like was her first concert or like one of her first concerts when she was like 13. Yeah. So like this young, like, okay, Billie Eilish is actually living like a Wattpad novel or she Pretty was much. living. She was YN. <laughs> That's her. Billie Eilish is actually YN. And Yeah, like, when this relationship started, like, just, like, that aspect and, like, the age aspect was really weird. Right. It just seemed like Jossie Rutherford had, like, too much power over her, you know? It's just like... Like, it could have gone really bad. I mean, we obviously don't know the inner workings of their relationship, but I just feel like things could have gotten really dark really fast. It's just, like, weird to me, like, yeah, being, like, a young girl, like, looking up to this person for how many years, and then, like, oh, I'm old enough, let's date. It Yeah. just is a little, it's borderline creepy, like you said. Um, and just, like, Billie Eilish, too. I feel like she was homeschooled. She was probably so sheltered. Like, it was just, like, her and her brother, like, at all times, just, like, making music in their bedrooms. Like
dynamic between the two of them. Like age difference aside, side, it's just like the amount of life you've lived. Like you can't right. be on the same page. Right. And then, but then I'm just thinking like the influence, like she's already looking at him like, holy shit, you're Jesse Rutherford. I've loved you for so right. long and now we're together. So just like the amount of influence that he could have or did have over her was also concerning right because i just feel like you know if she's like already so enamored with him he could have gotten her to do a lot of things that maybe she wouldn't have done in in a normal relationship right and this is just speculation yes we're not saying this happened. Alleged, we're just saying we're this just could be something that could happen in a relationship where there's this like power dynamic yes um but they did break up I guess there was an official statement from Billie Eilish's reps that were like, yep, they're over, but they're both still friends. I don't know. Okay, bye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I'm just like glad that's over. Um, I'm still processing the fact that Jesse Rutherford and Devin aren't together. I forgot her last name, but I don't remember that, either, but <laughs> yeah, that they're not together. I do feel like a child of divorce still. Yes. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. You know, 100%. So, okay, glad we're on the same page because that was supposed to be end game. Maybe they were so together. cute. I don't know. They were. They were. But you know what? It's Hollywood, baby. Relationships <laughs> come and go like the wind. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Um, okay, speaking of relationships that come and go like the wind, I guess Phoebe Bridgers and Bo Burnham are like officially together. Right. So, and we know that because Keith Urban. Of yeah. all people, <laughs> Keith Urban has entered the chat, ladies and gentlemen. So, last week, uh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman were at a Taylor Swift show where Phoebe Bridgers was opening up for her and they were so Keith Urban made a TikTok of him and Nicole Kidman just like singing along to a song, and they're like in the VIP area where famous people go. And he's they're just you know like doing their thing, jamming out to the song, and then like in the background you see Phoebe Bridgers and Bo Burnham kissing. And Keith Urban, in his defense, I'm sure had no idea who those people were exactly like or knew that this would be like a not like it's a scandal but like knew that this would be anything that people cared about <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure he had no idea he was just like these are just some buddies of taylor swift or like they're a friend of a friend and here they are who knew or he didn't know obviously that this was gonna like blow up and be like the talk of the town but i just want to know when did phoebe bridgers and paul mescal's engagement end and exactly. there was like speculation for a while, but when did it end? Right, because they got engaged, and then like, and then you had Paul Masco and Daisy Edgar Jones. Daisy, is it Daisy Edgar Jones, or yes. am I getting confused with Daisy Jones and the Six? I don't know. It's Daisy, Daisy Edgar Jones. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. They like <laughs> did a they did like a couple's costume together, but like him and Phoebe were engaged at the time, and it's just like, and then you saw her, Phoebe Bridgers and Bo Burnham holding hands, and you're like. I thought she was engaged to Paul Mescal, and I'm just so confused. I guess they're not engaged anymore, or they're not. in a throuple. I don't know. I'm going to guess they're not engaged anymore. 
I'm going <laughs> to guess too because I haven't seen anything with her and Paul Mescal. But like, no. what happened? Yeah, I need what? to know. It was it was over and so quickly. I know I mean, they were like dating and then like engaged in like two days and then it was done. It is Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Relationships like, come and like go like said. the wind, <laughs> as they say. But yeah, thanks Keith Urban for giving us this little update. Yeah, a little, a little something to feed us. <laughs> All right, let's get into our toast and our roast. You can go, take it away. All right. Um, so I don't have a toast because I'm just like not a cynical person. No, a roast. <laughs> or I sorry, I don't have a roast because I'm not <laughs> a cynical person. I do have a toast, okay? Um, just kidding. It's just not really much happened this week. <laughs> yeah, it's really it really wasn't a lot. <laughs> We're talking about Keith Urban's TikToks, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally that's how that's how the news week has gone. It's been Keith Urban's TikToks and Vanderpump rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my toast goes to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, um, which I kind of like mine forgot too. was a thing. Oh my god! Okay, well, well I mean, kinda... mine's like uh, just about Martha Stewart, but we can just yeah. Like, well, mine goes to them in general because first of all, they have Kim Petras on the the issues, some mm-hmm. of them, which is like the first transgender person to be on it, and. I love that. She looks so hot. So fuck all you transphobes who are talking shit because like she literally looks beautiful. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then second of all, Martha Stewart, 81 years old. Holy shit. Incredible. If How is she 81? <laughs> I if I didn't know any better, I'd be like, yeah, she's probably like uh, I don't know, like early to mid 50s. 81 incredible yeah. i hope i look like that one maybe one i definitely won't but i hope i do <laughs> yeah she's still saying she's never had any plastic surgery done um i she definitely don't... had a facelift exactly like 100 <laughs> so i don't believe that she's like just a little botox and some fillers i was like okay i don't believe that but no, um she definitely had a facelift oh 100 but she <laughs> says not <laughs> okay well all right <laughs> you can own up to it martha <laughs> yeah it's fine like i don't care I, I only care that you're lying about it yeah you know why are celebrities still lying about plastic surgery like because like first of all it's so obvious second of all everyone does it like it's not so it's not that taboo anymore exactly if you don't like something about yourself and you have the money to fix it i say do it yeah if that's gonna make you happy yeah 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 but yeah thank you sports illustrated i guess because i would not have thought we'd have Two record-breaking uh, covers in 2023. I know, but I love truly. it. Truly, and, yeah. I just um, like could not get over Martha Stewart. I was like in awe. She looks incredible. Like not just yeah. her face, but like her whole body. Like she doesn't have like any loose skin, any like age spots, nothing, nothing. I, know. I mean, I'm. Sure, it was airbrushed a little, but uh, oh well. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, like even when you see her, like just like other pictures of her or like on TV shows and stuff, like right. There's there's no sign of eighty one year old there. <laughs> yeah, like if I had to guess, I'd be like, yeah, you're sixty five. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So, thank you, plastic surgery, and thank you, airbrush. And thank you, nutritionist, that she can afford. (laughs) 
yeah, and, and personal trainer, personal trainers and all that. And all that jazz. Um, okay, so since me and Steven had the same toast, um, we won't talk about that, but my roast goes to Tori Spalling. And Steven did roast her like not that long ago, but I'm gonna do it again because she and her kids, especially her kids, are all very sick because mold has been growing in their house for like three years. And listen, I am not a homeowner. I don't live in a house as big as I'm sure the Tory Spelling lives in. But what I do feel like I know is that at some point in the last three years, I would have noticed if like mold was growing, if like there was a leak somewhere, if something like smelled a little bit off, if like people in my house were getting more sick than usual like I would just be like a little like my antennas would go up you know and yeah you would think yes and now she's just like I can't get my kids well they're just so sick I'm sick it's like yeah bitch because you guys have been breathing in mold for three years and no right. one thought to be like hmm maybe we should like get someone in here to check some things out maybe we should like go to the doctor and then you know the doctor could have been like well I, maybe there's mold in your house and you should get that checked out because this is what most of this respiratory illness comes from something something right three years is a long time to deal with that but this is coming from the same person who <sighs> had to get surgery on her eyes because of her contacts and I, this is not very feminist of me to say, but Tori Spelling is known for being a bimbo. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's just the truth. And that's like truly like not even just like an, the image that the media gave her. That's just like who she is. You know? I mean, every role she plays, it's just like, but listen, I, it was not nice of me to say, but kind of what she's known for but that's just kind of the truth and in this case her bimboness got her into some to some health issues yeah. like come on y'all like i just i don't know i don't know i don't know i love that the only reason tori spelling is in the news as of late is for dumbass shit <laughs> she's not in a new she's not in a new movie she's not a new tv show that can be avoided yeah yeah (laughs) i i don't know um everyone like just take this as a learning lesson and be like huh if something seems off in my house for either reason a b or c maybe i should get it checked out or i should check it out myself you know yeah, don't be like Tori Spelling. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't be like Tori Spelling. All right. Well, before we bash Tori Spelling anymore, um, you, you guys know where to find us on Instagram at Pop Enough About Pop Culture. You can stream us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a like, subscribe, a follow, a five-star rating, a comment, literally anything, anywhere you can do that, give it to us. <laughs> Tell your friends, tell your family, tell a stranger on the street. And don't forget to stream Gag Order because it will be out by the time this episode is out.
Absolutely. And if your name is Kesha and you're listening to this right now, um, I'm really embarrassed, but um, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I co-sign that. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys See later. Ya. Bye.